Good morning. Welcome. Glad to see everyone here today. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning, and uh, we, wel we welcome our guests especially today, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord to together this morning. Uh, one of the things we like to do here is uh, have a moment of greeting, so let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Find somebody you don't know or don't know very well and introduce yourself this morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is such a joy to share the love of Christ with one another. Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention today. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that's on the uh, the clipboard on each row. I'd like to ask everyone, if you would, to take that and to... Uh, Fill it out, check the appropriate box on there, and put your name and address and phone number and email address and those kinds of things. We'd like to put you on our email news, uh, newsletter that we send out every week so you can keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. And So if you're not on that, please make sure we have your email address so we can uh, add you to our list, and we would certainly appreciate that. I have a couple of things going on um, this week, on Tuesday, uh, our Joy Lunch will meet this Tuesday, and uh, uh, Sheriff Ed Brady will be here to uh, offer us some suggestions about safety issues and things like that. So we invite you uh, to come to our Joy Lunch uh, that, that afternoon at noon. Uh, bring a covered dish and bring a friend, and we'll have a great time together. Uh, one other thing, uh, there's an, an announcement in your bulletin that the church council will meet today. We will not be having church council today. We're not having uh, our church council meeting this afternoon. Uh, so if you're a part of that, uh, you can come here at 5 o'clock if you'd like to, but nobody else will be here. So. Also, next Sunday, we have some things going on next Sunday. Next Sunday is the uh, second Sunday of the month, and uh, as usual, on the second Sunday of the month, we have a little, little breakfast fellowship time over here uh, next to our kitchen. A uh, little fellowship, we like to call it our second Sunday fellowship cafe. And so we'll be uh, having that at 9.30 on Sunday morning. And as is usual, on that day, we also invite everyone to bring in a box of cereal or two that we uh, contribute to the uh, Henderson um, Christian Outreach Ministry for their food pantry. So if you want to come and be a part of that, we invite you to bring a box of cereal as well. And on Sunday afternoon, our little ones, our children uh, eight, uh, from kindergarten through sixth grade, uh, they will be going to uh, the planetarium and that's right after the worship service. I think the plan is for them to go to McDonald's and then to the planetarium afterwards. And the cost is $6 for that. Uh, but we need to know how many, right? We need to know how many. So if you... I do have a list. Uh, this morning I got one that's got a cheeseburger fun meal and the other with chick chicken fun meal with ranch dressing. So we need to, we're sort of specific here. This way we have all that taken care of. So when you give us your orders and you give us your name, I need your phone number for that. And then I need uh, what you want as far as a fund meal. If you want to pray about that today, that's fine. Let me know. But that's what we need. So our, our parents are going to tell us about that. We'll be glad to sign up. Even if your kid's not here, if you want to get them on our list for next week, we'll be glad to do that. But let me know about that. Great. So if you're going, please let Larry know t today about that. We'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, it is great to be here in the house of the Lord with God's people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, to worship the Lord together. So let us um, let's begin our worship by uh, hearing from God's word from 
um, several verses of scripture that I would like to bring to your attention today. The first one is from Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. It says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Then Luke 6:37 says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then Luke 11:4 says, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Let us pray. Oh God, you have called us to a higher standard of living, and we confess to you that it is hard to live by these high standards. For when someone does something wrong to us, we want to strike back. We want to gain vengeance. We want the other person to hurt as we have been hurt. But you have called us by your word and by your example to forgive. Thank you, O oh God, for forgiving us so many times and empower us to forgive others. Help us, O oh God, to show your spirit through our love for one another. Amen.
much. You may be seated. And uh, we are glad to have, now somebody asked me, are these Belchers kin? And I said, yes, they're in-laws. And so we're glad to have Tina and Felisa with us today. Tina's been with us before, and of course Felisa's sung here also, and we're glad to have them share. Jika is away with the MS Walk uh, in Georgia for uh, Pam, with Pam and Kay there, and uh, we're glad that uh, they're getting that opportunity and glad to have the villagers with us. Boys and girls, Miss Christine is over here. If you can come over here, and if, you need, if you've never been here before and you want to have a big person come with you, that is okay. And uh, after we get through there, we're going to sing a hymn, and during the last part of that hymn, you'll get a chance to go to Children's Church for those second grade and below. Good morning. It's nice to see everybody here this morning. Sure is a beautiful day out, isn't it? Uh, can anybody tell me the name of our church? What's the name of this? Community Baptist Church. First word is community. And community means when you have more than one or two people together and you have something in common. And uh, I'd like to read a scripture to you. It's from Romans 12, 4 through 6. And it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And what that means is, We've got a lot of people that go to our church, and we all have special gifts, and we need to use them. And that kind of got me thinking about one particular gift that we've been given, and that is the gift of our voice. Have you ever thought about how special your voice is? Everyone here has their own voice, and it's, it's, it's just yours. Nobody in the world has voice that you have. And I got to thinking about how some of the members of our church have used that voice. This one here says, from God to Larry Haltom. How does Mr. Larry use his voice? He uses his voice to sing. He leads our singing, and sometimes he sings a special during church, and he takes what that gift that God has given him, that gift of voice, and he uses that to sing. Let's see if y'all know this one. This one is from God to Nibby Priest. And there's a special way that Nibby uses his voice that has really touched me. And he uses his voice to tell. I've been in a couple of meetings and a, and a couple of uh, upward uh, things that I've done with Nibby. And he just is just bursting. He just wants to tell people about how special this church has been to him and how special God has been in his life. And he uses that gift of voice and he takes that and he tells others. From God to Dr. Hobbs. How does Dr. Hobbs use his voice? Preaches. He's taken that gift that he's been given, and when he heard God tell him, you need to take that and you need to go tell others by preaching, he listened, and he went out and he preaches. This one is from God to Mary Rye, and she also preaches, but there's something else that she does that I think is very special with her voice. She can say the most beautiful prayers. And whenever she prays, it's just it's straight from the heart, and then it touches your heart. So he, she uses that special gift to pray. And then I've got one other in here, and this one's from God to Miss Cindy, Cindy Hall. And she uses her voice to teach. And she not only teaches Sunday school, but she also teaches one of our choirs. And she uses that special gift that God gave her to teach. Now there's lots of different ways you can that you could go and use your voice. You know, I told you maybe he goes and tells if a friend of yours at school asks you something about God or asks you what we've been doing here at church, you can use your voice and you can tell. Sing. Once you're old enough and you can read the words in the hymnal, or maybe you remember some of the hymns that we sing here in church or the songs that Miss Cindy or Miss Sarah teach you in choir, and you can sing. And I think it just is very special to God when you take that gift that God has given you and you use it. If you searched the whole world over and wanted to give someone a gift, and that gift was special just for that person, 
And then when they received it, they didn't use it. Wouldn't that kind of make you sad? That they didn't think that gift was special enough to use? And we can all sing. And when you're sitting out there and, and you're singing and, and you hear the words and you see the words, think about what they really mean because a lot of the hymns that we're singing is saying, thank you, God, thank you for everything that you've given us. And you're not singing that for the person sitting next to you or the person sitting around you. Or, you're singing that to God, and that's just very special to God when you take time to use that gift. And teach. Maybe you have a little brother or sister and you could read them some Bible stories. That'd be a wonderful way that you could use your gift. And pray. When you sit down for dinner at night, you can use your voice to pray. You and your parents can pray together at night before you go to bed. That's a wonderful way to use that. And preach. Maybe one day one of you will be blessed and you'll hear that calling and hopefully you'll listen and you'll answer that. So let's pray together now. Let's bow our heads, okay? Thank you, Lord, for all the special gifts you give us. And especially today, Lord, we want to thank you for the voice that you've given us. And help us as children to find the way that you want us to use that special gift, Lord. And uh, lead us through this week and help us to go out and help us to teach and help us to sing, Lord, and help us to tell others of your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
Lord, I want to thank you, and we should all thank you for this uh, beautiful world you give us living. And uh, especially on days like today, we look out and we see just how special, special the gift you've given us is. And also, I hope you will bless these tithes and offerings so we can use, use them not only to help us maintain our church, but to help us spread the word to others who, who have not discovered the beauty of, of your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
leading fools astray. Yet many kneel to give him praise. And in his eyes they glimpse the power that sees the hearts of all men. And he knows his father's mind. He speaks his father's words, for he comes in the name of the Lord. There is strength in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is hope. so much. Um, thank you for the joy of music that's evident in both of you uh, and, the, and for sharing that joy with us and, uh, and for sharing that joy specifically with my two daughters as you've taught them the past uh, years in high school and we are grateful for that and indeed it is true that there is strength and power and hope in the name of the Lord and we are blessed because we are here in the name of the Lord. Today we're continuing our series on forgiveness. 
by talking about this very difficult subject of how we can forgive others. Most of you would recognize the Lord's Prayer. In fact, we sang it just a few moments ago. It's found a couple of times in the Bible. It's found in Matthew chapter 6 and also in Luke chapter 11. And it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm, um, I, I never can say this without thinking about the, the story of the kid who came to his parents one day and said, I know what God's name is. And they said, what is it? And he said, God's name is Howard. And so they asked, how did you determine that? And he says, well, it says so right there in the Bible. Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. Well, it's not Howard. It's hallowed. Hallowed. But what in the world does hallowed mean? It means honored. It means to honor God's name. It means that God's name is holy. Then the prayer continues and says, May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins just as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm sure that many of you have heard that many times before, but I want to focus in on that phrase in the middle of the prayer, forgive us our sins just as we forgive those who sin against us. Now let's think about this for a minute. Why is that so hard? I mean, it's one thing to ask God to forgive us, and that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Easter Sunday. And last week we talked about forgiving ourselves because sometimes even though we, we know that God has forgiven us, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves But today we're talking about one of the most difficult issues that we can face, and that is how can we forgive others? But the Bible says, just as God has forgiven us, then we must also forgive others. Well, this is tough stuff, isn't it? This is hard to do, and I think that one of the reasons it's so hard for us to forgive others is because we don't really understand what forgiving others is all about. So I want to begin today by talking about what forgiveness is not, and then we'll get into what forgiveness is. Here's what forgiveness is not. First of all, forgiving others is not justifying their actions. If you have been harmed in the past and you need to forgive somebody else, you don't have to justify their actions. You don't have to say things like, well, they were under a lot of stress, or they didn't mean it that way, or they didn't mean what they said. Forgiving others is not justifying their actions. And forgiving others is not trusting the passage of time either. Have you ever heard that uh, that saying that, Time heals all wounds. You ever heard that? How many of you believe it? Let me tell you something. That's not necessarily true. The passage of time does not always make things better. I know people who hold on to things for 20 or 30 years, and yet time has done nothing to erase those old hurts. So forgiving others is not merely trusting the passage of time. And forgiving others is also not denying that you are hurt. It's not saying, oh, that didn't bother me when it really did. It's not saying, that didn't hurt me. I think we guys are probably especially good at this one. You know, we love to deny it when we are hurt. We're tough. You know, we're rugged. Nobody hurts us. But you know what? When someone does hurt us, it's, it's kind of like getting a, a splinter in your finger. Sometimes it may be really small and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt all that bad, but if you just deny it, just deny that it's there, then it may eventually get infected and then it's going to hurt your whole body. body. So forgiving others is not, is not denying that you're hurt. 
And forgiving others is also not necessarily confronting the other person who hurt you. It's not going up to them and grabbing them by the collar and demanding an apology. Forgiving is not seeking revenge or getting in their face as much as we may want to when someone has hurt us. Forgiveness is not any of these things. So what does it mean to forgive others? How can we forgive others just as God has forgiven us? Well, for that I want to go to the scriptures because this issue of forgiveness is one of the biggest themes in all of the scriptures. And today I want, to, I want us to look at how the Bible tells us that we should forgive others. And as we, as we look at this, these issues this morning, this issue of forgiving others, I want you to do something. I want you to take this seriously. I want you right now to think about someone that you need to forgive. Let me just give you a second here. Think about somebody right now that you need to forgive. And let's make this process real for us today. And so with that in mind, let me show you the first step in learning how to forgive others. And that is that we need to remember. We need to remember how much we've been forgiven. Let me ask you something. How much has God forgiven you? Can we answer that for you? A lot. A lot. God has forgiven me a lot. Remember a couple of weeks ago on Easter Sunday, we talked about the prodigal son. And, and guess what, folks? That story of the prodigal son, that's your story and my story as well. For you see, we are the prodigal son and we are the prodigal daughter who has turned our backs on our loving father. And we have we have gone our own way and we have enjoyed our sinful living. And, and yet when we come back home, God is always there to forgive us and to welcome us back. And so we need to be reminded of, of that from time to time because we human beings have this amazing ability to forget just how good we have it. We forget how completely and how fully and how freely God has forgiven us. You see, we've all sinned and, and we can't do anything to earn God's forgiveness. But God will wipe our slate clean if we will just turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Isaiah 1.18 is such a great verse about God's forgiveness. It says, come, let us talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep your stain of sin, the stain of your sin, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. So you see, before we can go further in this process of forgiving others, we need to understand how much God has forgiven us. Jesus tells us a story that's sometimes called the parable of the unforgiving servant. It's about a king who is owed a lot of money, and so the king decided to call in the people who owed him the money and make them pay up. And so the first guy that the king calls is this guy who owes him thousands of dollars. And so this guy comes before the king, and the king says, you owe me thousands of dollars, pay up. But the guy says, I don't have it, I don't have the money. And so the king says, I'll throw you, into, you and your wife and your children into prison. But the guy says, he falls down on his knees and he says, Oh king, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all back. And look at what the king did. The king, it says, was filled with pity and he released him and he forgave his debt. He wrote it off. Wow, what grace that is. Now you would think that after receiving that kind of mercy, this guy would practice a little mercy in his own life. But look at what happens. This man who owed the king all of this money was walking down the street and he sees a guy who owes him a few bucks. And so this man goes up to the other guy and grabs him by the collar and he begins to shake him. 
But the guy who owed him a few, few dollars fell down in front of the guy and, who had just been cleared of this, these thousands of dollars. And he says, sir, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But his creditor wouldn't wait. And he had the man thrown into prison. Well, the word got back to the king. And when the king heard what had happened, he was very upset. And he says, it says, the king called in the man who he had forgiven. And he said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And then the king, the angry king, sent the man off to prison until he had paid every single penny. Well, the story ends there. But Jesus continues his teaching when he says, That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your hearts. Wow. That's some pretty harsh language there, isn't it? So understand this story. Understand just how much you have been forgiven by God. More than the thousands or the millions that this other guy, guy owed. Understand how much you have been forgiven by God. And do you have somebody in mind that you need to forgive today? Maybe a lot. Maybe just a little. But I bet you do. As a matter of fact, I bet from the very moment we started talking about this today, you, you thought of somebody and you had this, a picture in your mind and maybe you began to replay that tape of how that person hurt you. Maybe it was somebody who broke your trust or perhaps it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse that hurt you. Maybe it was a parent who abused you or molested you as a child. Perhaps it was a friend who betrayed you or, or someone at work who criticized you. Think about that person that you need to forgive and think about how you can apply this process to your situation. And the first step is to remember how much we've been forgiven. Then here's the second. Release. After you have remembered how much you have been forgiven, then it's time for us to release that person who hurt you. But what does that mean, to release? It means to set them free. It means no longer to hold on to that bitterness or that resentment that you have towards them. It means to stop playing those tapes of that incident where they harmed you over and over in your mind. It means to fully let it go, to drop the grudge and to release a person is something that you can do on your own you don't have to confront them you don't have to reconcile with them because releasing a person is all about your decision you don't even have to have a conversation with the other person in order to release them it's it's a decision that you make within your own heart and mind and when you make that decision to release that other person Tremendous freedom is yours. I know this is easier said than done, isn't it? Because contrary to releasing a person, it is our tendency as human beings to hold a grudge. You have any grudges in your life? I read not long ago that holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will get sick. <laughs> Never done that? Ever held a grudge? Are you ready to release that person and walk out of here experiencing God's freedom and joy that God wants to give you when you forgive others? Then we need to learn how to release that other person, and I know it's hard. When somebody has hurt us, our natural tendency is to hold on to that and to just kind of stew in our own negativity. That doesn't help anybody, does it? We need to learn how to let it go. And psychologists tell us that sometimes it's helpful for us to, to say it out loud. And so we may want to have an imaginary conversation with that person. It's okay, folks. 
You know, I know they say that talking to yourself is, is, is not all that healthy. It's, health, it's healthy. It's a good thing to do. Have an imaginary conversation with that person. Or maybe you, may, you, you want to write a, a letter to that person, but don't mail it. Whatever we do, it's important that we let go of that anger that we have built up in us. As a matter of fact, I want us all to do a little exercise right now. I want you to call to mind that person that you've been thinking of, that person that you need to forgive today. And, I'll, and I want us all to say together, I release you. Don't say their name out loud. We're not going to do that today. But I want, you, I want us all to say together, I release you. I will no longer let what you did to me affect my life. Y'all got that? Let's say it. I release you. I will no longer let what you did to me affect my life. Good. Don't you feel better already? Now we're ready for the third step. And that is to recognize God's purpose in this process. Romans 8.28 is, is, I think, one of the most misunderstood passages in the Bible. And it's often abused when something goes wrong because a lot of people think that Romans 8.28 says that all things are good. But actually what this verse says is that God works all things together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to God's purposes. Folks, this verse is very important when it comes to understanding God's purpose in this process of forgiveness. Because you see, not all things are good. In fact, the Bible never says that all things are good. That hurt that you've experienced in your past, it's not good. That pain that you've gone through in your past, that's not good. This verse does not say that all things are good. God never says that because God understands that we live in a broken and sinful world. And because of that, bad things happen. Some things are bad. But look at what happens when we are able to release that person who hurt us. When we can do that, God is able to bring something good out of a bad situation. If you don't believe me, just look in the Bible. Even in the very early chapters of the Bible, God begins to teach us this principle. In the book we find the story of Joseph. When Joseph was a small child, he was with his brothers tending the sheep when a band of merchants came along and his brothers came up with this evil idea of selling their little brother into slavery. And that's exactly what they did. They were a little jealous of Joseph because he was their father's favorite. And so they, were, they sold him into slavery. They take their brother and they gave him to this band of merchants who, who, who take him to Egypt. And then they tell their father that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. Pretty bad situation, isn't it? As things would happen, Joseph eventually goes from bad to worse. He ends up in Egypt. He ends up in prison after being falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit. But through a series of remarkable events, Joseph eventually gets out of prison. He eventually becomes the king's right-hand man. And then years later, a famine hit the area. But because of Joseph's wise management skills, Egypt had a surplus of grain. And so Joseph's father sent his sons over to Egypt to purchase some grain to bring it back home. Now imagine this story. From the neighboring country, Joseph's brothers come over to beg for food. And now they're sitting here in front of the king's right-hand man who happens to be their little brother. And they don't recognize him at first, but he recognizes them. It takes them a little while to recognize him, but when they do, something very interesting happens. Joseph says to them, don't be afraid of me. Now they had every right to be afraid of him. He was the king's right-hand man, and he could have thrown them into prison or even had them killed right then and there. But he says, don't be afraid of me. He says, am I God to judge you or to punish you? 
As far as I am concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. God brought me to this high position so that I could save many lives. Did you hear that? God turned into good what someone else meant for evil. It doesn't say that God took something bad and called it good. It says that God took something bad and made something good come out of it. And that's the miracle of forgiveness. When you and I can release that other person, we can recognize that God can take something bad and turn it into something good. And then we have the fourth step of reestablishing the relationship if possible. Now, some of you may be thinking right about now, um, do I have to? <laughs> and the answer is, no, you don't. Fact is that forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same. And I'll be honest with you, I believe that reconciliation is the preferred outcome in most situations. But there are times when you should not reconcile. There are times when you should not reestablish the relationship. For example, I don't think you should reestablish the relationship if it's going to lead to additional harm to you or to someone else. You are not a doormat to be walked on, and you are, you are a child of God to be loved and respected. And so if anybody is, is habitually abusing you or harming you or taking advantage of you or someone that you love, sure, forgive them. Release them from your hatred and your desire for vengeance, but don't keep putting yourself in a situation that allows that person to continue their hurtful behavior. Sometimes you should reestablish the relationship. And sometimes it's not up to you to reestablish that relationship. Romans 12, 18 says, do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. This verse says, has two important things. First, it says, do your part. That means it's up to you to decide. You do your part. You can't force the other person to release you, but you can do your part by releasing them. You can't force that other person to look for God at work in this terrible situation, but you can do your, your part by looking for God at work. And then it says, as much as possible. If it is possible, reestablish that relationship with the person who hurt you. And then finally, there's one more thing. Repeat it. <laughs> you ever looked on the back of a shampoo bottle? It says wash, rinse, and repeat. <laughs> this process of forgiveness is the same way. You're going to have to go through this process for the rest of your life. Even if you forgive everybody that's hurt you in the past, there are going to be more people in your future because we live in this fallen world and people are going to hurt you. Get used to it, folks. It's going to happen. And so you're going to have to repeat this process. In Matthew 18, just before Jesus told that story about the king that was owed so much money, the apostle Peter came up to Jesus and he asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive another person? And in that day, some of the rabbis were saying three times were enough and others were saying that seven times were enough. But Jesus said, 70 times Seven. Now, some of you who are sticklers for precision have already added that up, and you've got 490 times. I've got it. That's how many times I have to forgive somebody else. 490 times. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus was saying, How many times do you want God to forgive you? Folks, there are things in, in my life that I've done. Hundreds of times, and every time God has forgiven me. But, but I wonder if I went to God and God said one time, Sorry, Tim, that's 491. You're out of luck. 
But God doesn't do that. Instead, no matter how many times I ask God forgiveness, God forgives me every time. And so when we are hurt by other people and we go to God and we say, God, how many times do I have to forgive this person? And Jesus' response is 70 times 7. Well, 70 times 7 does not mean 490 times. It means every time. Every time. And I know that that's hard. But you need to understand that some of the strongest theological teaching in the Bible is around this principle that our forgiveness is somehow connected to our forgiveness of others. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's pretty strong language, but God desires what is best for you. And God says that the only way that you can experience God's best in your life is for you to forgive others, to release them, and if possible, reestablish that relationship with them. But it's your decision. You have a choice. You can choose to hang on to that grudge and, and your desire for revenge and you can let that bitterness run wild in your life or you can choose to forgive that other person. And in doing so, you find freedom. You find release. You can find peace with God and with others and you can find joy. You can find love. But it's a kind of love that is modeled on a higher level. Because folks, when you choose to forgive someone who has hurt you, you are saying, God, take me to a higher level of loving. Make me more like you. And the choice is up to you. And so my challenge to you today is to choose freedom. Choose to forgive release that person that you've been holding on to and drop those grudges, take whatever action is necessary and experience the freedom that is God's best for your life. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and loving to one another and forgive others just as God has forgiven you. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh God, I thank you for how much you have forgiven me. And today, we all come before you confessing that we are sinners saved by grace. And we are also asking you and saying to you that we want to forgive that person who has done us wrong and hurt us so badly. And so help us, God, to forgive others as much as you have forgiven us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. That's number 483, Footsteps of Jesus. And that's, that's what we've been talking about here today. We've been talking about walking in the footsteps of Jesus because Jesus was the one who said we are to get, forgive 490 times every time. And I know that when we hear that, we go, man, I just can't do that. But you know what? With God's help and God's strength, we can do that. And God calls us to a higher standard of living, a higher power of living. But he doesn't leave us all out there on, his own, on our own. God also fills us with God's Spirit to enable us and empower us to live the life that God has called us to live. And that, that doesn't mean we'll always be perfect. It, it, we won't. As a matter of fact, we're probably going to be hurting some other people. And we're going to be asking them for their forgiveness. But in the same way, we need to offer forgiveness to others. Maybe God is dealing in your heart in some way today. Maybe there's 
something within us or some grudge that you're being that you've been holding that you need to just let go of today and we invite you to do that you may want to come up here and just pray and just say god this has been hanging around my neck for too long and it's time for me to let it go we invite you to do that maybe it's time for you to make that commitment to to jesus christ and accept christ as your lord as your savior and allow Christ's Spirit to enable you to, to do these things that you think are impossible, like forgiving other people. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come. Would you come today as we sing Footsteps of Jesus, number 483. God, lead us to follow in your footsteps. Lead us to be the people that you want us to be. We know that you want the very best for our lives, and sometimes we fight against that, oh God, with our sinfulness and with our, our anger and our hatred and our bigotry and, and, uh, and desire for vengeance. But God, you are a God who can take this away from us, and so we pray that you will. We pray that you would give us your loving heart so that we can look upon these people who have hurt us so badly and just let it go and forgive them. Help us, O oh God, as you have called us to be your people and to live our lives according to this high standard of living that you've given to us. And in doing this, you have called us to freedom and for the very best of blessings. Go with us, O oh God, as we go from this place. Empower us with your spirit and enable us to live forgiven and forgiving lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.